0: Welcome to ConX, a global leadership platform for construction executives. Today, I have on with me uh, Apollonia, and i i think I got, you got it, there. it. You got Apollonia it. Apollonia Rockwell from. Um, so, tell us about you and your company. You're from—is it True Safety?
1: Yes, we're from True Safety, and we're out of Greeley, Colorado. And yep, that's where we're at.
0: So, so tell us first of all about you tell us a little bit about your background and kind of um, you know kind of what led you to where you are t- today and talk a little bit about your company too kind of tell us the history um, so we can get some background
1: absolutely yeah well um, Kind of a wild story. So um, maybe some people can relate. I grew up with my family being in oil and gas. And my dad was in the oil and gas industry. And actually, my first my first funeral that I went to uh, was for my dad's buddy who died on a drilling rig. And his son, I was in the third grade. um, So his son was in my class and our dads were the cool rock stars coming into class with the mullets and the cutoff shirts and the <laughs> je- the jeans tucked into the boots and they would do the, um all, you know all these little vacation stuff with us they were just super involved on their days off and they were just the cool guys and um really superheroes and you know i'll just never forget my dad sat me down one day and told me that um marty had passed away and so that was my oh, wow. first open casket funeral first funeral and you know i just at that point i am um, just going through the emotions with that other young you know his son and he also left behind daughters and a wife and you know i realized at that point that my my dad like my dad could go to work and not come home And it wasn't at that time at all where I thought I'm going to be in the the safety industry. I'm going to be a safety professional. I did not have those thoughts. I just had the feeling that my dad could go to work and not come home. And so I just always had the you know, that mindset. And I was always curious about why do people die on the job? How did that happen? Because I was obviously able to see that life goes on. You know, you have this tragedy a father dies on the job. This family is mourning his death, uh, a two second incident lasting a lifetime. And I realized life does move on. And I just, I I just, I'll never forget that, right? I'll never forget that this was an accident that happened on the job that that could have been, it was was preventable. So, um, that was really tough to watch. And I, uh, as soon as I was in college, I started working for an oil and gas construction company. We had some roustabout about crews. We had a trucking division and a welding shop. And that was my first taste of safety. I was just wanting to be in my dad's industry. I wanted to be a part of something because my dad was that old school you know, oil and gas, oil field construction type of mindset where it's like safety is BS. Like that's for the birds. But I'm like, (laughs) your buddies die on the job. Why is safety for the birds? I'm confused. So I was just on this mission to make it. I'm like, well, what would get a guy like this? My dad, what would get him to Mm -hmm. pay attention in a classroom? What would get him to think about things different? And I realized stepping into the safety industry, I realized What was not working, (laughs) and what was not (laughs) working was death by PowerPoint. I mean, you know it. Um, Having people, well, shoot, like myself, college educated, or, you know, somebody that's educated coming into the safety realm and they don't have any field experience. So somebody like that telling what the telling the field guys what to do. That wasn't gonna work either to stronghold and to strong arm safety down people's throats. That wasn't gonna work either. Um, so long story short, I, I w- learned by doing things the wrong way um, and seeing what was also by other safety professionals, what was not working. And i slowly realized that safety is about people and safety is a people game in a listening game and a respect game. And I was never going to be the subject matter expert in the field. I'm like, oh geez, here I am, I'm in college. Like how am I gonna make an impact? Like how, I'm never gonna be the best welder. I'm never gonna be the best driver. I could spend all of my time in the field to work on these things, but that's also not gonna work. But what I realized is by listening and by learning the guys and girls in the in the field, learning their stories and why they were there that day, why they sh- why they took that job, what they had going on in their life, and asking real honest curious questions about why things are done the way they're done, by taking that approach, I was able to make um, a tremendous jump and an impact at the company that I worked at. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, it's, it's amazing how much behavioral based safety is, you know, people don't, uh, I don't know if it's a lack of understanding and I, I guess that's a good question for you it, you think that's a lack of understanding what behavioral based safety really is compared to, I mean, I grew up in the world of here's the policies now forget about that and go out there and do it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> do that was my boss. That was my boss. I was like, um,
1: so I'm the, the safety person. What am I supposed to do? And I'll never forget, he sat me down and was like, figure it the F out. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) okay. He's like, we bought the safety policies a couple years ago. They're on the shelf. No one's ever F and read them. And he's like, figure it out. And then so I was like, okay, dove into the policies, did my first safety meetings. First safety, a couple first safety meetings, he brought me aside and he said, hey, why don't you record yourself um, while you're doing the safety meeting, so you can see how pretty much said it like that, like how stupid you look. <laughs> and how <laughs> why don't you record yourself? Well, that was nice. Yeah, and, and know what not to do. Why don't you like do the opposite? And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'd call my mom crying all the time. I'm like, Mom, this just isn't for me. And she's like, You better figure it out too. So <laughs> why I was doing the safety meetings was it was me talking it was me trying to be the subject matter expert at all things it was me talking to the classroom and so I'm like all right well if I'm if this is not working what I slowly started to do that did work was breaking the group up into small groups and developing more questions where we would get you know maybe drivers or welders all together and we would figure it out okay what are the near misses and what are the incidents that we've had so far this year and what happened why don't we do a deep dive on the incidents that have happened this year and how about we as a group how about your group talk about what went wrong there all right every group present every group present and instead of me saying you guys did something wrong let's figure out like this is what we need to do we need to do more training they were like they took ownership in it and they were involved and uh, you know they are they are the subject matter experts no matter how many certificates and trainings a safety professional can have um, it's important that we understand that this this world with the people it's a people game so
0: well, you know, you bring up a great, a great point about, um, I heard, uh, I once sat through a seminar for, it was for quality control, but it was about the, the, the Toyota plant in Georgetown, Kentucky. Mm. And they talked about the 1996 Corolla. And that was the first time, uh, in history that, uh, a car company has released a car, uh, in, in the succeeding year that was cheaper than the preceding year. And mm. the reason for that had to do is they ask everybody, they put a survey out to everybody and said, how can we make this better? How can we do more, make it more cost efficient and more in a safer workplace? And they thought they were going to get up maybe a hundred. They got 7,000 uh, ideas. I believe and, and it. eventually they, they say $2,000, you know, so off of every single car. And uh, I just to it. show you that first, first line supervisors are where it's at. So tell tell us uh, a, a little bit about the company.
1: Yeah, so True Safety, I started the company about, about seven years ago. And how True Safety was born, honestly, was I was working at this oil and gas construction company. And a gentleman, a North Dakota phone number called me. Didn't recognize it and answered it. They said, "Hey, Apollonia, I got your number from your boss, and I have a guy in my truck right now who just mangled both of his hands off. Uh, we're not from the area. Do do you know where to go?" And and I was like, "Oh wow, you what?" And he said, "Yeah, this this guy's um, was pretty much pretty much putting a stick into an auger, and it wasn't locked and tagged out, and so it re-energized, sucked his hands in." And they're not from here. They're out of New Raymer. They're about three hours away from the from the nearest hospital. Fast forward that week, we I did the incident investigation. I met the guy that day in the hospital, and I'll never forget. I mean, this this out-of state gentleman, grown man with, you know, tears in his eyes, and i'm I'm the only person that he has. I'm in the hospital with him. He's in excruciating pain. His family's not here to comfort him. His wife's not here. Um, His family's not here. And the nurse was like, all right, are you ready? Um, I just need to warn you when I take your gloves off, I don't, we don't know what's going to come with these gloves. Just to see the fear on this guy's eyes. And, you know, it was just really tough experience. And it was like, once again, like here I am again, another preventable incident. I'm actually doing this incident investigation after he's out of surgery. And I'm like, all right, so bring me through how the day started. And he's like, well, I'm you know with my relief. and uh, he took he took some things from my refrigerator and we he took my mountain dew and we got into a fist fight. <laughs> and I'm oh writing God. this down. I'm like, okay. Mountain dew? <laughs> he took your Mountain Dew and then you punt you punched him in the f- and you punched him in the face. Okay. All right. And then what happened? And so it's like, this is just this company that just didn't have policies in place yet. They didn't have structure. This was completely preventable. And now we're here fast forward eight hours sitting in the emergency room. He doesn't know if his fingers are attached to his hands or not. And so this um, this company, obviously, asked if I could uh, be with them full time. And I was like, no, I can't. I'm, you know, I'm good where I'm at. And my boss actually allowed me to start um, consulting on the side after hours and on weekends. So that's what I did. I helped companies. This is oil and gas. So, you know, it's a 24-hour operation. If I wanted to start my day at 6 p.m., I sure could. So I did and then I just held Safe Land First Aid and H2S classes every weekend. Um, I just rented out a local middle school vacant classroom out in Alt, Colorado and I just taught every weekend and eventually my classes were filled and um then I was able to hire my first employee after a first, after a year and then we built the team from there.
0: Well, that sounds, that sounds exciting. Uh, the, uh, I can, you know what, I always love it when I talk to somebody else that, you know, is either the founder or as a senior member of an organization that is as, as, uh, inspired about what they do because passion, you can't teach passion, yeah. you know? And, yeah. uh, and you, and you have that. So, so, so good on you. Uh, um, and, uh, I hope uh, more people take your advice. So um, I, I, I want to deviate here real quick, and I want to ask you a question I thought about. It, I thought about Colorado, I thought about safety, and I was recently reading an article about, you know, marijuana and the construction industry.
1: So oh can you gosh. talk
0: about about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, oh my goodness, I just it takes me back to when this was all um, coming down the pipe and employers were freaking out, my clients were freaking out, and so... Pretty much, um, it was a fiasco for a few years. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I'll never forget. Yeah. We would get everybody in a room when they would announce the randoms. <laughs> and we would get the craziest stories. I would get the craziest stories when it first um when it first was legalized, in a sense, where mm-hmm. it was still a great area for companies, so I would get guys that were, you know, positive, and they were like, "Whoa, I had a lemon, lemon poppy seed bread cake pop this weekend at my, <laughs> uncle's, <laughs> at my uncle's barbecue." Oh, no, I don't know how I'm positive, and I was just like, "Oh my goodness!" So we, um, what the oil and gas industry did was take a stance with zero, zero um, tolerance. And with the zero tolerance policy that employees signed off on, employers slowly realized oil and gas, construction, trucking, whatever, manufacturing, employees had to abide by the employer's rules. No matter what was legalized, no matter what the law was, what the employer's um, safety policy was, was how it was going to be. Um, mandated and employees would be held accountable for it. But yes, those first two years, was it a complete fiasco? Yeah. And did I have a lot of employers that I knew of that had to let go of employees and then they would bring them back a year later because, of the I mean, it caused a huge problem because we had this mm-hmm. labor shortage. So they're letting go of their best hands. Well, employers didn't want to do that either so everyone was torn but um but that's how we landed Well it almost sounds
0: almost almost sounds like the vaccine thing we going <laughs> I won't even get into that I'm not even going to get into that but uh, I know it but, uh, Oh my gosh yeah <laughs> well, So bats. tell me, tell me what the core focus of your company is I mean I know safety but is it training is it assessment what is it
1: It's training it's training, training. we um, we have a, a large consulting division as well, but um and and we we love the consulting piece too. Training has been a core focus of ours because our reach is larger. We uh, about two years ago launched True Safety University, which is our online mm-hmm. OSHA platform. So we're able to um we're able to impact students from all around the world. Um, different languages. and it's a it's the core it started as core OSHA classes. but now we have a library of around two hundred courses. And oh, wow. so they're just you know I just believed in automating. And at the time, every online OSHA class, every online safety class made me want to gouge my eyeballs out. And I was like, mm-hmm. online, I'm afraid of online and i would never send my guys and girls to online classes i just i didn't believe in it online was just too tricky but um but i also knew that with everyone's schedules emplo- i saw the need that employees needed they needed a flexible schedule where we were able to you know train uh, remote areas out of service areas our team was only so big but i I believed in our training and um so i'm like all right we have to put this online so we can reach more and and then our in-person classes are phenomenal because i'm just a strong believer in interaction and engagement and not sitting in a desk doing death by death to death by powerpoint because that doesn't work, and we have to evolve with the new generations coming into the workplace, and we need to we need to do just something different. So AR and VR are top of my mind. That's where we're going, mm-hmm. and being able to bring a job site to life through scanning a, a QR code on a on a PowerPoint presentation, and then that company's job site is is on through their phone. They're able to see their trenching excavation site. And able to pick out hazards that way versus an instructor saying, hey, these are the hazards on a trenching excavation site. That's the future, is bringing the job to you in your classroom.
0: Isn't it funny how, like, construction was so against any online stuff, and then all of a sudden 2020 hit and it changed the entire dynamic? Yeah. you know in an instant and and it see i was actually on a uh a uh, webinar the other day and i was really impressed with is it. It, it was like hub suite or something like that and, mm. and anyhow it uh it uh i was so impressed with how far the technology has come you mm. know compared to you know the blackboard days when i taught at university where <laughs> it was, there was no interaction and, and yes. uh, uh, what's so? What's the what's the most popular courses you guys teach?
1: For oil and gas would be safe land, and for construction would be fall protection. We're doing a mm-hmm. lot of hazwoper classes, hazmat classes, um, but but trenching excavation and fall protection, and then all, always our first aid CPR AED classes. Um, we hold those on a weekly basis, but um, so yeah, we, I, I would definitely say those. So,
0: um, what what was this? I know you told us of, of the of the one uh, event that you had that kind of got you guys started. Had, did you have you had, had any other significant events that kind of have shaped the model that you have today?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a gentleman um, on the construction side. I'll just it's one of the most gruesome incidents that I won't get into the details, but. He was in the. He was welding um, night shift in the shop at the company's um, primary location here in Colorado, and he <laughs> he was welding on a large tank. It was awkwardly shaped, so he went to. He mm-hmm. needed to weld on the very top corner of this tank, so he welded a kickstop underneath his ladder. And so he's grinding on the top of his ladder and that kickstop breaks and his grinder slit him from here to here and it was the bloodiest craziest scene of my life and i hear and then again it's like here i am in the hospital in the emergency room with the gentleman that nobody plans to get hurt you know employers Mm -hmm. that Are like oh my guys and you know the employees are, you know they're the problem they're the problem they're the problem and it's like nobody plans to mess their face up nobody plans to get their fingers ripped off their hands and so you know to see the pain in this guy's eyes and to be waiting uh, for the doctor and the surgeons and just the whole fiasco and these you know I'm sure can you relate to this that. Almost every single time that you've talked to an employee who was injured or you're doing an incident investigation, they knew what they were doing was kind of ri- <laughs> kind of wrong. Right. I mean, they yes. yes. Nobody's really I mean, I've had one percent, but like, no, for the most part, nobody was really blindsided by the incident per, per se. They're like, yeah, what I was, you know, like I knew. Like I I take full responsibility, Apollonia, like I knew, or maybe they're not taking full responsibility, but maybe the employee working next to them. So this is where I was going with that, is that what shaped my mind about all this is there was maybe three other guys in the shop, three or four other guys in the shop that I'm interviewing witnesses and everybody saw what he was doing and nobody said a word. And I'm sure you can relate to the same exact scenario. Mm-hmm. When you're doing an instant investigation. You're talking to the witnesses. Did you know what was? Did you know what he was doing? Yeah. So it's like, okay. So this is more. There's a personal accountability piece, sure, but there's also that brothers keepers mentality, or caring so much about your neighbor, caring so much about your coworker, on a level that you will stand up and say something. In a way that it's not a condescending, whatever, or however, you need to reach that person. But I thought to myself, if almost every incident, the person next to them, and they regret it, right? They regret it. Their buddy's now in the hospital, and it's like, I should have, could have, would have, should have said something. So I realized that how do we, yes, train yourself? To, yes. How do we, you know, how, how do we prevent you, yourself from getting hurt? But also how do we train in a way where you, where you care so much about the person you're working next to that you're willing to stick your neck out and say something. So it's more and, of a culture. Know, that's,
0: piece. That's, always, that's always tough, you know, and you know, if you do it from a good, good place, mm-hmm. uh, I think that goes a long way, you know? Um, yeah. so how are you, you guys preparing for the future? What, I mean, you, you talked about, you know, um, A.I. a little bit. Um, Talk to me a little bit. What what do you see your company doing and kind of pushing the safety industry into the future?
1: Yeah, so this upcoming year, what we're really focused on is I kind of touched on it um, was bringing the job site to the classroom and really integrating in all of our classes, whether it be a fall protection, fall protection, trenching, excavation, uh, a first aid class any classroom setting it's going to be our initiative that we're bringing to life some sort of job site to you. So you're able to see um, something real life and we're able to take take the classroom beyond the four walls that you're in and really help you help students experience something different. Because the more real that your experiences in a classroom, the more you're going to remember, right? The more you touch, Mm -hmm. feel, see, you're going to remember that. And the more that you remember a lesson, the more likely you are to implement that lesson um, out in the job site. And that's all training is, is how do we, I just have this, I've always had this strong sense of um, responsibility as an instructor uh, you know, as an owner of a company, but it's like, how, how do we make sure that these tools are really making it out into the, out onto the job site? Because that's the only thing that matters. And it is a matter of life or death. I've seen it and you've seen it. And mm-hmm. so this isn't, I, I just don't take training lightly and I never have because I've been at the funeral with a third grader son that had just lost his father. And so, um, I guess that's why I'm so passionate about it. And I just, I know that safety, it's, it's, it's life or death. So the more we can well, it's bring funny it, to how
0: it's, it's funny how those, those incidents make such a big impact on, on you as an individual and not just those for you, but how you share that with other people, because I mean, you can talk all day about the regulations, but people want to know how that's going to affect them and, you know, in real life. And, uh, uh it You're seems right. like you grasp onto that. Let, let me ask you a, a question about uh business you mentioned this earlier and i i always we have a, a portion of our audience is a younger group of people you know it's not all construction executives and i get the, i got this a lot at the university uh i have uh, several uh women who work in work for my company um and i've seen some of the struggles they've had about getting jobs and honestly. And I'm just speaking on the way that they're, the way they can be treated, the being taken seriously. I mean, there's a gamut of everything. It kind of makes me when I was younger, I probably didn't think nothing of it. But then I had two daughters, you know, and I, oh, want them yeah, to. Yeah. you know, I really want them. And then plus my first year at the, when I taught at university, I had a young lady who actually works with me now um, is one of my great consultants And she was the AGC uh, National Scholarship winner uh, from our little university in Eastern Kentucky University. And so she just she just she just blew the doors off of everybody. And I was just so impressed with her. And so I kept in touch and eventually we got the chance to work together. And she's still just absolutely amazing. And uh, I mean, I like her as a person, as a professional. I really I really, you know, she is uh, uh, um, admired by her peers but getting that getting past the fact that you're a woman sometimes is can stuff in construction because i ta- i saw the statistics only 7% of all construction uh, last statistics i saw was women in construction and that's not field that's more management so how have you dealt with that you know in well, your career
1: oh my gosh you're speaking my language just i uh, just talking about the fear of a, a girl of like I just remember starting in the industry and thinking not only does everyone hate safety (laughs) now, (laughs) now it's like, it's, it's me, it's a girl. How is a girl supposed to make an impact and be taken serious? How do I make an impact? How do I make it serious? And so, um, I think that fear as you can maybe, you know, you can relate just by maybe chatting with your daughters is like, I was just I was so afraid to be on the job site. And I'll never forget what that boss had a first boss. I was you know, with my F R, my F R pants and my Carhartt F R shirt, this button up <laughs> polo. And then I would I'd put my hair in a pony and you know, had my hard hat out there and I was just so intimidated. And then I would wear that into the office and it was just I, I was so I was so uncomfortable like just I I was trying too hard like I, I was trying to be mm-hmm. somebody that I wasn't and so maybe you can relate to this with the with the gal that you just spoke so highly of so it this might be something that she carries is that she's authentic. And she's authentically mm-hmm. herself, and so obviously, when I'm shaky bones out there, and I'm not comfortable and secure in myself, nobody around me is going to be comfortable and secure either. And uh, uh, what I saw at the time, where safety professionals, guy or girl, but, um, is if you're not comfortable and you're not authentic, is maybe where you could easily slip into the whole strong arming safety game, the whole safety cop game. Mm -hmm. And I just remember starting in the industry that was like, I will not be a safety cop. I'm gonna start true safety and we're gonna, our slogan is gonna be not safety cops because nobody wants to be talked down to in a condescending way. So how I felt, how I overcame that was just like embracing who I am. and and embracing who I was. And again, not, not trying to pretend to know something that I didn't know. I knew my stuff as a safety professional, but I didn't try to be the subject matter expert again in everything. So pretending that I knew X, Y, Z about somebody's job, I came at I came at that situation out of curiosity. If guys weren't wearing safe, you know, their safety glasses or shields in the welding shop, instead of me hammering down, me pulling a guy to the side and just saying, "Hey, like I noticed that, you know, people aren't you're not wearing your safety glasses. People aren't wearing their safety glasses. Why is that? Is it just because nobody wants to, or what is it? Or what, like, what do you suggest? Can you help me? You know, get the shop." in compliance and oh my goodness when when you have that approach I just brought that guy aside and I'm like, how could I get these, you know, how could I get the rest of the shop to wear them? And he's like, well, then he told me, everybody hated these safety glasses. Everybody hated this, this shield because they were uncomfortable. They didn't work because of these reasons. If if I was able to get XYZ uh, PPE approved and then he, then he would make it work. Well, I did that. And then he took ownership of that program. And since he had that ownership, he made sure everybody, he got that approved. So he had this sense of ownership to make sure that all of his guys, because this is kind of like the alpha in the shop, that's why I went to him, mm-hmm. he made sure everybody w- was wearing them. Because it's one thing, if I went at it at a strong arm approach, the second I left, as you know, every would've, everyone would have said, F that person, guy or girl, and then we're going to mm-hmm. do our own thing as soon as safety leaves. But if, you know by involving the people the boots on the ground into the program with you is how i was able to be myself um stuck to what i knew made it a collaboration versus apollonia as the only one in the safety team it was a- i needed everybody's buy in it it had to be a team effort team 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 it wasn't me and so that that helped me step into myself, step into um, who I really was, and I was able to develop real relationships with people. Um, so that's how I, that's I, how I was there.
0: I tell you, you know, you, you hit on something that's kind of like near and dear to my heart, because, you know, uh, the first time I had, um, you know, because when I I joined the Navy, I was in the CBs, and we didn't have women in the construction battalions, not year I was there. And so... Uh, then, then women started coming the construction designs, and I realized something, and that is when people talk about like diversity actually making you better, I never understood that. I thought that was all hogwash, you know? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it, 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 it's, it is because for some reason, and I had a, the best project manager I ever worked with was a woman, and the reason she was the best is because she was just very efficient. You know, the difference is Uh, you know you know to be you know stereotypical you know i hate to be that way but but yeah but the difference is that women are more more apt to listen than to tell and men have this like alpha thing going on and people especially in the world that you operate in that's kind that's how you that's how you win people over you know and uh, i was glad to hear you glad to hear you say that and it's and i've seen a lot of I've seen you know many women come in the construction industry or in the safety specifically, and then they go well. They're either way too meek or way to the other way. Yes, you know. But yes. you're right. Being authentic and being genuine is what it's all about. You know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, so that I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that we don't get to t- talk about that as often as I like to talk about it. But uh, those those uh, walls are being broken down slowly but surely. I love so, what uh, you
1: said, guy or girl. I love what you said that. Not only really not only is this a people game, but in that is that this is a listening game, too. And no matter age, uh, you know, guy, girl, whatever it is, if you come at anybody with an authentic listening approach and you're listening to understand why things are done the way that they are when you take the time to just listen, you're going to, you're going to go. So you're going to make a, an impact a lot quicker than you will any other way. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. So uh,
0: let me ask you, what advice would you give to somebody, whether it's safety or otherwise, um, looking um, into construction or looking into the safety industry or, or, or just as a construction executive, uh, looking at their safety program, what advice would you give them, uh, you know, in general? They're
1: looking to step into construction or the safety piece or just all of it?
0: Well, you know, most of our listeners are construction executives, so I probably should direct it more that that way. But if I, if, yeah. if I was a construction executive and I believe safety was just a stupid thing I had to deal with. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> and and what advice would you give them the old school came through the trenches you know construction executive what would you give advice would you give them related to safety
1: oh my gosh i would say that when you embrace a safety first of all i don't believe in a safety culture i believe in a culture you don't i would say that hey number yeah. 1 you don't have a safety culture you have a company culture there's not an accounting culture, there's not a field culture and there's not a safety culture. You have a company culture. And what you want, I can already imagine, you probably want to do amazing in your business, you want to kick ass and you want to grow and you want to grow your team and you want your team to be to work and operate as a team. And one way to get there is by caring. And by listening, and when you take care of your guys and girls in the field, you take care of everybody, they feel that. Because when there's incidents and there's chaos, every time you've had an incident, it doesn't just affect that person. There's the indirect, um, there's the indirect uh, costs that come with an incident, and that's a bad culture. That's fear. Somebody on your crew just got hurt. You think that everybody's going to go to work the next day, like nothing ever happened, and somebody just got killed on the job? No, that no, that's not mm-hmm. that's not the case. So, with with the employee shortage that we're having right now, and that we're probably going to have forever, who knows? Take care of mm-hmm. your team, and they're going to take care of you. And so, when they felt when people feel um, taken care of, and there's efficiencies, and there's processes. Um, there's security and overall you're going to see a healthier company culture, which is going to take your company to the next level and is going to make people want to stay. They're going to want um, to work for you and stay working for you, which is going to make you better than your competition. So that's what I would say.
0: Well, excellent. it's quality how safety is not important until somebody gets hurt. <laughs> I know <laughs> it when somebody gets hurt. Well, you know, and then when somebody gets hurt, it is. Doesn't Nothing else matters after that point, you know, and I've seen it time and time again, and I've unfortunately had the experience of having a fatality on a job, and it goes money, schedule, quality, it all goes out the window, it's really about safety at that point, point. and it's just funny how, how immediately, it's an immediate change, too bad we couldn't get that before somebody's life was actually taken, you know, yep. so, um, But uh, so I'm going to give you uh, the last word like I do with everyone uh, on my podcast. But before I do, I want to thank you for meeting with me today. Um, uh, I grew up in New Mexico, so I grew up in your backyard. So uh, you probably don't want to associate yourself with New Mexico because you're from Colorado. But where in Colorado are you guys?
1: Uh, In Greeley, Colorado. So we're we're like an an hour north of Denver.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So you're away from the deserts and all that bad stuff down there, you know. So I, I spent many, many of the weekends in Durango. But uh okay. but I, I wanna thank you. I wanna thank you for number one being on my podcast. Number two, I wanna thank you for what you're doing safety wise in the construction industry, because it is absolutely essential that we have people like you out there doing that, you know, and uh and carrying that message and doing it with a passion and the third thing i want to thank you for is i want to thank you for being a good representation for women in the construction industry and, and probably in oil and gas too for that matter probably oil and gas probably has a lower percentage of women in there but we need more people leading the charge uh from uh, from a a woman's perspective on the job because can bring there's a lot that can be brought to the table and i've seen it firsthand so and as i said you get the last word okay well geez i want to thank you for
1: you know this conversation holy smokes i really appreciate it thank you for having me and uh, you know my last word would be to let's make an impact i think that everybody Um, was honestly born for greatness. And I don't care what industry you are in, I don't care what position you're in, but you were born for greatness. And what that looks like is making an impact in whatever it is that you do. So for me, making an impact is making sure that workers make it home safely to their jobs. But what does that look like for you? You know, how can you how can you go to the next level in your company in, uh, you know, in your family, in your health, whatever it is. But I would say, you know, I would say to to shoot for something great next year and and pursue that in little itty bitty increments every single day um, because to stay stagnant, uh, you know, that's that's no fun. But let's all go to the next
0: level. Well, those are some wise uh, words there, and I encourage everybody to join me next week for another uh, podcast for Connex.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: Hey, Jessica, can you uh, save the recording and get it over to Kevin, please? Will do. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Apollonia. I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Scott.
0: If you ever need anything, you know, I'm a phone call away. So, uh, and I'll, I'll keep you in mind too. Do you have a capability statement? Cause we run across a lot of people that I think we could help each other together.
1: Oh, absolutely. I could send it over to you right now.
0: Absolutely. Please do that. And, uh, I'm all, I'm all about one hand helps the other, you know, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. So, okay. um, I, Hey, awesome. well, hey good, good luck with that baby. Oh, yes,
1: yes. Good luck with your twenty-year-olds group, and with your daughter. Thank you. I love it. That's incredible. All right. So thank you. I'll see you later. All right. Talk to you later, Scott. All right. Bye-bye. All
0: right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye.